0: filling in for Jeff and OC. We get to our final spring game of the Pac-12 spring season and that's the Cal Bears and so we'd like to welcome in our next guest Mr. Jim McGill uh not Jimmy McGill from Better Call Saul but uh Jim McGill editor-in-chief of Bear Insider here joining us now. Jim how we doing buddy?
1: That's slipping Jimmy to you.
0: Yeah, I was slipping Jimmy. I don't know if you're watching the new season yet. Oh,
1: yeah, I'm loving you can it. You kind of start to
0: see. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, Cal is one of the last teams to participate in their spring game. Uh, we talked about what the transfer portal ending on Sunday or the deadline happening on Sunday, what that looks like. You know, it had a, had a kind of a ruckus off season. You know, Justin Wilcox's name was batted around for the Oregon job. It sounds like he turned it down to come back to Cal and, and be part of this program that he has started. Uh, What have you seen since uh, that all happened, and and what has the spring shown to you about the Cal Bears?
1: Well, I can tell you he's not turning down his alma mater to come back to a school that he thinks is going to have a losing record again. There's um, a lot of upside to this team. I, I think a lot of people know that the defense is really solid, and they didn't lose too much on the defensive side of the ball they uh, actually look like they're going to step up this year with some really good talented young depth but the big difference this year is the the offensive side the offense has been average at best for years but they've got two quarterbacks competing for the starting job and you guys are both quarterbacks so you know how important it is to get good quarterback play and both of them Kai Milner and Jack Plummer who transferred from Purdue have been just money all spring and You know, it says something for them to do it against a good Cal defense because um, those guys, they cover tight, so these quarterbacks aren't getting easy passes, easy completions. Um, They get good pressure when they're allowed to pressure and hit, and these guys are are playing with a lot of poise, and they're hitting receivers with the types of patterns that, that fans haven't really seen that follow Cal for a number of years. They've largely gotten away from the the slants and the curls and the the flies up the middle and the goes and they're utilizing all of the field now which is a major advantage and the thing that lets them do that is a, a core of of really fast tall athletic receivers that can high point the ball and and get anything that's within their catch radius so it's been it's been pretty exciting to watch i've been to I think, 11 of the 13 practices, so I've seen a lot of a lot of play, and they've been consistently good all the way through.
0: Yeah, Jim, it's interesting when, when teams do pick up quarterbacks from the portal. Five, seven years ago, if you got a full quarterback, it was a foregone conclusion that that dude was going to be your starter. Nowadays, you, you bring him in to add depth and to compete, you mentioned both. Jack Plummer and Kai Milner, how would you classify where that quarterback competition is heading into the fall?
1: It's a very tight battle. Um, It seems that Plummer has the edge, not just because he's the veteran, but he's been super consistent. I think he's had only two interceptions the whole spring, which is very unusual. And and we're talking 7-on-7, 11-on-11 all kinds of different situations. Milner has been a, a real pleasant surprise. He was a true freshman in the fall, and he, he really wasn't ready. He wasn't an early entry guy. And you don't come in and master Bill Musgrave's pro-style offense in four weeks and be ready to go. So he ran scout team last year, which is a good experience for him. But you can tell that he's not thinking out there. The game's slowed down for him. He's playing really instinctively. Both of them have a good pocket presence, which is great because uh, last last few years when Chase Garbers would get nervous, he'd get happy feet and take off. The good thing for, for him is that he was able to pick up yards most of the time, but you really want to stay in the pocket as long as you can, and let your receivers get open, and these guys have been doing that consistently. It's They're not going to name a starting quarterback this spring for sure. I'd be surprised if they even named one in the first week of fall. I think they'll probably go a couple of weeks into fall and I would say the money would probably be on Plummer, but I think Milner knows if he's not the guy, he's going to get playing time. It's not going to be like a situation where it was Garbers 99.9% of the time the last four years. Um, whoever doesn't start, I think they're going to have a lot of confidence in and mix them in whenever it's possible, not just in blowout wins.
0: You know, this was a this was a conversation I had when I was when I was calling a, a game for for Cal last year and kind of talking with the coaches around, you know what what. Chase Garbers' decision was going to be, you know, realistically, he had an opportunity to come back, right? Yeah, It, it doesn't necessarily look like he's going to be drafted. Um, was this one of those situations where it was a, a time where we've, they felt like his starting days there had, had run its course, or was this something that was kind of just mutually agreed on that we're going to go our separate ways and figure it out? Because, you know, you would think with a guy that had so much success in doing what he didn't as a leader of that team – You know, Justin Wilcox would have welcomed uh, a guy back with that much experience to be the starting quarterback.
1: Well, you know, there are certain circumstances where the staff is going to have a conversation with a guy, and uh, they're not going to push a guy out against his will, but they're going to say, you know, it's probably in your best interest to maybe try the portal to get some better playing time opportunities, or, uh, you know, maybe it's time to to check out the NFL and see if you've got it there. I don't have the sense that they pushed on him to go, but I think they both knew that it was time. there are certain circumstances where you've got guys that are fairly productive starters where you still need them to move on because you've got some, some young talent or other talent waiting in the wings that might give you a boost that you didn't have in previous seasons, and, and that's the case there. I mean, Chase did some good things for sure, and he, he had some really nice wins, especially beating USC twice and winning two big games, especially crushing Stanford in the last big game. But there were limitations there too, and these two guys not to disrespect Chase at all, but I think they're going to give them some edges in a lot of different ways. Some of the things that I mentioned earlier about the the types of offense they're able to run, where I think their offense is going to be a lot more productive, where they may even average in the 30s this year, which would be a big step up from previous years. So It was really a a move that needed to be made on both sides, honestly.
0: That May 1st deadline to enter the portal is is front of mind for college football fans right now. Obviously, Cal's Ball backs up right into that date. Jim, do you envision it being a busy few days ahead for the the Cal Bears roster, or will be uh, relatively calm?
1: I don't have the sense that any of the guys that are in the two deep are moving on. I mean, we could be surprised, obviously, but uh, I don't have that sense. I do think there probably will be some bottom of the depth chart guys that are going to find that it's worth exploring their options. I do know they definitely want to bring in an interior uh, lineman and a tackle, an offensive tackle. If they could find two, they would bring in two. And I think they'd like to add a veteran presence at cornerback too, but they don't have a lot of needs outside of the offensive line on the depth chart. I think the offensive line is going to look a lot different in the, the fall when it comes to Brian Driscoll coming back and starting either at center or guard. He's been out for the spring and, uh, one or two or maybe even three portal guys either a kid one of them or two of them starting another one or two adding depth and then i think one of the freshmen that that's coming in mm-hmm. siwapi vaticani has a good chance of being in the two deep maybe even pushing to start at some point in the season he's a, a kid who's six four, three thirty, 330 benches 490 squats 600 and he knows the playbook already he's He's uh, good friends with the McClure family, uh, Angus, the coach, offensive line coach, and his son. So um, the, the, the line's going to look a lot different there, but they definitely do need portal additions there. I, I know they have, they have some good prospects there, and I think you're going to see some pretty quick moves there. I'd be surprised if they don't add a portal guy within a week. Um, but as far as the exit side, uh, we'll, we'll probably hear about that in the first week or two, too. But I don't expect any big news defections there.
0: Um the addition of Bill Musgraves a couple years ago, right, was just so limited with COVID and, and all the things that went on. It really seems like he's starting to have a good feel for what he wants to do offensively with this team. How important has it been to have the consistency of Bill Musgraves that they're not moving off and trying something new, but to go into his third season as the offensive coordinator in this offense.
1: It's important. I was talking with Kai Milner, one of the two quarterbacks battling for the starting job today, about you know what was it like transitioning as a high school athlete to Cal and working under Musgrave with his pro system. Was it coming at him really fast, or um, how was the adjustment? And he said, you know, um, I was pretty prepared coming in. It was a bit of an adjustment Um I'm definitely playing with a lot more confidence and not thinking about the the playbook when I'm out there now. So, you know, he's had uh, the fall and now the spring to adapt and, you know, you, you look at the other guys around him too. They have, they have several red shirt freshmen that got their feet wet in the fall and, uh, only played a couple of games or maybe even didn't play at all that are really really ready to contribute now that they've they've definitely mastered the playbook and are ready to go so having that continuity helps, I don't think. A coordinator like him is going to have a smooth transition the first year in most circumstances but a third year can definitely help a lot and and as I mentioned earlier I I honestly think they've got the personnel to effectively execute his playbook now they they weren't really in that position so much before but they they are now if you don't see a much more dynamic offense this year out of Cal it's an indication that there's a problem but I don't think you're going to see that
0: You mentioned that dynamic offense but you do Lose some production at the receiver position with Crawford, Clark, and uh, Remugio. Who are some of the other guys that will be front of mind for the offensive attack
1: this year? Man, i tell you, the group that's replacing them has been so fun to watch. It starts with Jeremiah Hunter. He's a, a redshirt sophomore that just has a ton of talent, and he's, he's healthy. and uh, he's, he's a future NFL guy, maybe even a first-day draft pick, if if not first day, second day. Starts with him. Love a couple of the other Uh, young guys that are in the mix now at at receiver um, starting with um, J. Michael Sturtevant, who was a near five-star recruit from Texas that was offered by everyone runs a 10-3-40 and amazing catch radius 6-3 guy just runs right by defenses his hands have improved dramatically from the fall He's going to do a lot. Maven Anderson's a guy that's going to play in the slot. He's a 10 guy, and and he's even faster than 10-3 Sturdivant when it comes to, you know, 0-50 to 50 or so. Um, he's catching everything, too, and he's just he's so good out of his breaks. He's such a technician. The quarterbacks say he's, a, he's the he's one of the smartest guys on the team. He's just mastered everything. Um, those guys have been great. Tommy Christakos is another guy that will be really interesting to watch. He's... Kind of been bit by an injury bug the first couple of seasons, and he's really healthy now. And there's so much they could do. They they call him Top Shelf Tommy. He's six four, and um, he's he's not just a fade guy, a top shelf guy. He's a real technician too. He can get you that 15 yard out or 15 yard in or quick slant that the defense is it's really hard to defend. And he's got super strong hands, big hands too, and long arms. So there's a lot of weapons there. And then you go to the tight end position. Jermaine Terry was a guy that was offered by everybody, Alabama, Notre Dame, everybody, and he chose to stay local. He wasn't in shape last year. He had had a a real serious... Um, injury that he was dealing with, so he was about 20 pounds higher than he wanted to be playing. He's really lean and quick out there now, 255. He was kind of overwhelmed by the playbook in the fall as a true freshman, and they say he's in the the film room all the time now. He's a guy that nobody wants a piece of when the ball's in his hands, and Kalecki Latu is a super athletic tight end that will split time with him. He's out right now, but he's 6'6", and he's a former rugby player, Uh, Super athletic too The Cal staff calls him a freak So Musgrave is kind of drooling over these weapons he has The guys you mentioned, they were productive But I wouldn't call them dynamic Clark had his moments of being a dynamic receiver Like against TCU and Stanford Where he had some long TDs But man, these these guys can do it all And they are all fast And they all have great hands Well,
0: I mean That sounds amazing if you are Uh musgraves and, and what you may have at hand in terms of talent the wide receiver position that's all awesome to hear um i want to ask you a question uh before we let you go here about the portal and uh you know leading up to the, the spring game and the decisions on who will go or who will not go um and then covering this as a as an analyst as a reporter um and seeing the shift and not knowing what the roster is going to look like in fact truly not knowing what it's going to be until you probably get to two or three weeks into fall camp. What's that been like, and and what is, what is the landscape of college football uh, becoming because
1: of this transfer portal? You know, I wouldn't want to be a head coach in this environment. It's got to be maddening when you're trying to build something and you invest in these guys for two or three or four years, and all of a sudden they're gone for greener pastures. The interesting thing at Cal is Wilcox and his staff just sets – such an amazing tone for culture. If you talk to the assistant coaches, they're like, "I have never worked on a staff like this where we're all equal. We all have an equal voice. There's no egos." And the, the players get that same sense, and they recruit the type of guys that that fit that style and that system. And the coaches, they just they say it's just a pleasure to coach these guys. They make eye contact with you. They shake your hand. They don't shirk away. They don't have egos. So I think Cal in general, at least at this phase of NIL and uh, the transfer portal, I, I, I don't get the sense that they're at risk of losing as many impact guys as a lot of programs would. But if you have situations where you have highly touted Guys come in, and they're starting to build some really good depth. Maybe they get the sense that it's going to take them a few years to see the field. Maybe those are the types of guys that they're not going to immediately impact you, but it could hurt you down the line when you don't get the chance to see them develop. But right now, I think Cal's in pretty good shape on the portal tre- uh, portal front. We'll just have to see how things shake out. But he's got the right culture to retain the guys that they want to retain, so that's a big plus for them.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a huge part of it, and it's become the navigating that landscape and that culture of what it's going to look like. And uh, we appreciate uh, you taking the time. Again, Jim McGill, editor-in-chief of Bear Insider, joining us now to talk about Cal football. Thanks for taking the time, Jim.
1: Thanks, Enjoy guys. It's great to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. Take care.